And we're back with the microphone. Perfect. Improv. We, we're live. We don't edit here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Brian Kern again, live from the ATX. Got a lot to talk about today, guys. One of the most important things we're going to talk about are upcoming events that we have here in Austin, Texas. We all obviously have South by Southwest. Uh, all of March is pretty much engulfed with South by Southwest stuff. Um, if you guys aren't paying attention or haven't been tuning in, we have announced every week so far a different artist doing something with South by Southwest. That is what we are here to do. We are here to promote all the South by Southwest shows that are going on with the local Austin talent. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, we've got Joaquin. He's going to be doing something during South by Southwest. It could be the new wave. It could be another big show with a couple different features on it. He has a stuff that uh, a bunch of stuff that he has planned coming down the pipeline. Pop Life World Dwan from Hug Up and Buy Skate and Pop Life said that she's also going to be attending South by doing a couple different things with her brand out there. So we'll be seeing her. And last week you got the exclusive drop of Jay Brooke and Freshly performing live at the Nook March 17th during South by Southwest. They were here last week. They gave us some information about that show. They also gave us some information about another show that they're going to be doing up at the Goth Room at Spinners March 3rd. Okay, that's where we initially did our first production, The Hideout, which was last November. Jay Brooke and Freshly were one of the headliners there. They're going to be headlining their own show called The Blackout being brought to you at the Goth Room. Uh, up at Spinners off 35 North Austin. Uh, they're going to have a whole black theme with uh, black lights. Um, they're going to have, I think, light glow lights and like f a bunch of different dancers and stuff going on there. It's a huge event that they're throwing March 3rd. That's going to be their pre-party to their March 17th South by Southwest performance at the Nook. Uh, for all you sports fans, we have UFC live from the Frank Irwin Center coming to you February 18th. All you, guys, all you MMA fans and all you uh, fight fans got that big event coming through. If you're not watching us, you're probably at the Joe Rogan uh, comedy show at the Bass, uh, Bass, yeah, the Bass Concert Hall. It, well, it's the Bass Concert Hall, right? Yeah, that's where it's at. You guys are probably watching him uh, if you're not watching this show. So I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. But yes, UFC is going to be here. That event is headlined by uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Nancy Medeiros. It's supposed to be a pretty good fight. Five rounds in the lightweight division there. Uh, this Saturday... Austin Live and Local's very own, uh, I guess, resident DJ Joaquin is going to be doing the new wave like he does every single Saturday, but this one is a special edition new wave. It's actually being turned into an art show. Austin Live and Local will be there live covering it, doing some live footage, being shot out through our Instagram, through our Facebook, and through our other channels. Um, so make sure to tune in and check that out if you're not going to be downtown attending it already. He's turning the, the entire inside of the Eastern venue that he plays at every Saturday into an interactive art show. He's going to have some painting from some local artists. He's going to have some merch up for sale, some vendors. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We've also got um, a bunch of guests coming at us in February. We're going to be joined by Mike Milano. We're going to be joined by G-Jet. We're going to be joined by Rue Music. We're also going to be joined by local actors, Rashawn Valentine and Matt Whistle. They're two actors that are actually going to be a part of a uh, live series that's going to be streamed up here leading up to South by Southwest. They're going to be taking part in that, and then it's actually going to debut at one of the film uh, fest premieres there. So we're going to be having him in the studio before South by. That's going to be a lot of fun. And that's about it. Oh, our first event of the year. Our first event of 2018 is coming to you guys live in March. It is called the Swap Meet. The Swap Meet is going to be awesome. March? Or, I'm sorry, end of March, beginning of April. It's going to be a springtime event. It's going to follow South by Southwest. It's our take on a shoe show. We're joining up with a bunch of local companies and a bunch of local uh, vendors out here. Uh, and we're going to be basically having an interactive shoe show slash fashion show. It's going to be called the Swap Meet, beginning of April, end of March, springtime. We're going to be having uh, local vendors out there. We're going to have local artists. And the biggest, obviously, selling point of the entire show is going to be shoes. It's going to be a buy, sell, and trade event. 
So people are going to be showing up. Stacks of shoes on top, stacks of shoes on top of stacks of shoes. It's going to be crazy. we got a bunch of different uh, special giveaways that we're going to be doing. Uh, some secrets that we're, we're keeping under wraps until closer to the event, but it's going to be a pretty big deal. We're hoping to incorporate a lot of local companies. Um, and yeah, if you are a shoe head, a sneaker head, and want to get involved, get in touch with us. Uh, you can definitely show up, bring your shoes, bring whatever you got, buy, sell, trade, event. It's going to be off the hook. What else do we got to talk about? I think that's it, right? Keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. We're going to get into it. Our guest tonight, his name is Chris. He is a new artist out here to the Austin, Texas area. He's doing something really unique, bringing a, a whole new style uh, to the Austin scene, a whole new genre of music uh, that's, that's not real prevalent in this type of unique fashion and dynamic. So it's really cool that we have him here in the studio with us. He's also bringing you new tracks, probably more than any local artist is bringing you new tracks right now. So it's actually something that, that he's going to be talking about. That's one of the highlights that, that, uh, that he's working on right now. So we're going to bring that to you guys right now, the interview. Chris. And we are sitting down with, with Goku. I have to say that your name is Goku for anybody that's wondering. Yeah. And you have confirmed it's like Dragon Ball Z, mm -hmm. which is – and is there a reason that they named you that? What was the reason? It's not uh, Dragon Ball Z, is it? No, it's uh, not. Um, why, why did they I give get that this name? question a lot. I, ho so. I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> Almost everyone I meet, they say Goku. It's crazy. Yep, yep. But, um, it's unique. It's a unique name, and the only way you could really associate it with anything is Dragon Ball Z. But Honestly, yeah. I mean, but my parents are from India, so they named me Goku Krish. Oh, okay. So that sort of is where my artist name came from. I'm called Krish, so that's just the second half of my name. I never used it when I was little. It was just always that part of my name that I was just like, all right. like. I mean, it's got a ring to yeah. it. It definitely <laughs> works, I think. Yeah, I think it works. And um, everyone, that's why I'm called Goku, because Goku is what I was called throughout middle school, high school, college. And then just decided, hey, now that I'm pursuing music, let's... Let's move away from Goku and only Dragon Ball Z and think about, like... Yeah, yeah you know? that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I guess you could have done, like, a unique thing with it, but, yeah, it, people were <laughs> going to associate Dragon Ball with it regardless. Yeah, I mean, it could be, like, Young Krish, Lil Krish, especially yeah, this yeah. wave, like, Lil Can't be Young Goku or yeah. Little Goku because then there's too many <laughs> jokes that could be set up. Yeah. Too much nonsense. So we got, got some background on you before. I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but what brought you out to Austin? Um, I got a, uh, I actually graduated from the University of Michigan, mm -hmm. um, and I got a job down here, and I was like, I also heard that Austin was a live music capital of the world, mm -hmm. so yeah. I was like, alright, well, I'm super into music, I've sang my entire life. And From I, Michigan your whole life, yeah, right? Yeah, my entire life in Michigan, um, and, uh, I was like, alright, if I'm gonna move somewhere and pursue music, this is the place to pursue music, and I had an all, I had, I had a different place I could've gone, I could've mm -hmm. gone to Chicago, could've gone to New York, um, but like, Awesome. The weather's awesome. The, yeah. the music is awesome. The food is delicious. And like, so are you from Canton or uh, Ann Arbor? 
Um, so I grew up when I was little in Camden, mm-hmm. and then I was, uh, it's very close to Ann Arbor, so I just stay okay. in Ann Arbor to everyone who's not from Michigan. Okay. And then I moved to Troy for, like, high school, the second half of high school. So okay. I'm mainly from Ann Arbor, like, near the Michigan area. So what did, when did you pick up, uh, singing, and did you do any studying before when you were younger? Um, so, that's funny, because, um, uh, Ryan actually asked me, like, when do you, when did you start singing? Like, I started singing when I was, like, in fourth, second, third grade. And I actually sang uh, Indian Carnatic music. So that's like oh, okay. like classical Indian music. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. My parents used to just <coughs> take me to classes. I hated it. I was mm. like, oh, why am I doing this? Right, like, right. I used to go every Sunday to this old um, this old auntie's house, and it's hilarious. Mm. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I stopped for a while. And then I, all of a sudden in high school, like, I was just thrown into this, like, choir group. And then all of a sudden they were like, you can sing. And I was like, I can sing. And yeah, then, you can <laughs> sing. And then it happened, so... Yeah, do you have a, you have an awesome voice? It's very unique too. I think that it fits the kind of style that you're putting out. And Thank so, you. when did you get in? How did your style kind of evolve? Like, you obviously started off with that style of music, that style of singing. How did it evolve into more of what you're doing now? Um, it evolved. So, I was in this acapella group um, my freshman year of college. That's unique, actually, an acapella group. Um, and that in that group, we did a ton of different types of music, and especially we did Indian music, but we also did a lot of like, um, um like. American music from like the 90s and 2000s like R&B yeah or, sort okay. of like R&B so like right. um that's what that's sort of fashioned me to go towards like that more hip-hop scene and R&B scene I've always been interested in like like in high school and college my favorite artists were like Lil Wayne yeah like Lil so, Wayne okay. 2000s was legendary he was actually no not yet <laughs> <laughs> um and uh Drake obviously and just that entire wave was when I when I was young, so that right, I right. like idolized all of that. So you say some of your influence would be like, uh, like Drake or The Weeknd, because mm-hmm, exactly. I definitely hear The Weeknd in your in your in your uh, some of your tracks. Yeah. Um, so more of a north northeastern style vibe, or more of a northwestern. Mm, I would say yeah, I would say northeastern. More. Northeastern. Yeah. Um. So what what got, I guess where did those influences come from? And you said you said prior to we getting in the, we got into this interview that you you kind of like admire hip hop artists from uh, Detroit, which would be like Big Sean or mm-hmm. like um, or uh, T Grizzly. Yeah, um, but I'm thinking of um, uh, God damn it, what's his name? Uh, Go Boys Cash Out. <laughs> yeah, those those type of. Uh, artists. I mean, Eminem, of course, I mean, yeah. from the area. I'm thinking of somebody else. I mean, Danny Brown. Uh, yeah, I Danny don't know. Brown, Kid Rock, like a lot of them. Yeah. Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was gonna say Eminem, but I didn't think you were going that route. That was yeah. more of an Jay obvious Dilla. one. Oh, okay. Jay Dilla. And I mean, Jay Dilla would probably be the foundation of hip hop in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what. What do you? Well, how much? How far does your history go back as far as hip hop? And then be, what? How does that influence? Uh, your music. I'm gonna be honest with you, it doesn't go that far back. Okay. Because I I started like really getting into music more towards high school rather than like I before then I was like really into honestly like gaming like I was okay. like this little gamer kid and then I was like all right like I really love music. And How old are you? I'm 22 right now. Oh okay. Yeah. So um, yeah I mean it. Big Sean was a huge influence, and because that was like finally famous, that album was huge. Like it was, that's when he came out and Detroit right, was right. put on the map again uh, after Eminem, of course. But like, um, and 
And especially hearing how Big Sean, Kanye, all that happened at the beginning where he like came up to Kanye and started rapping. That's that was like vaulted his career to the top. Like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And that's one of my influences too. Because I honestly, when I when I'm stuck and I don't know what to do, I go listen to I've listened to Big Sean's Finally Famous. Okay. Like Hundred Keys. That's one of the songs I just go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a great album. That's interesting. The gaming aspect's interesting too. We can talk a lot. We're gonna talk a lot. <laughs> Game Two was my what, shit. What? So really? what made you? I mean, drawn from those influences, what's given you kind of like your electronic style too? Like you're very, and you also mentioned too prior to this interview that you don't have a team. It's all you, and you're mm -hmm. kind of learning as you go along. So what's drawn you to kind of put out this sound, and why mm -hmm. haven't you kind of dabbled in, in more hip hop? You you're adding some rap elements to what you're putting out now, yeah. but not much. You got four four tracks out so far on a Thursday mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Which Three. one is it that you're rapping on? I, I don't remember the title. Uh, the first one's Phantom. The second one's Lifted. And the third one's... Uh, you you one. weren't rapping on Lifted. No. Uh, I wasn't. That yeah. was, that was uh, so my boyfriend. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. It sounded like you. I thought it was really? you for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, my boy. His name's... His name's... Robert. Artist name is Baba. But he... Um, he's from Hamtramck, which is this town near... Oh, okay. That's yeah, who you were talking about. Town right. Detroit. Yeah, and he's a homie because he was—he's two years older than me at Michigan, and okay. he used to put me on at Michigan. And then I like—I was like, "Yo!" And he—I knew he rapped, and he always like, "Yo, if you ever get me in the studio, like, let's let's collab." And I was like, "All right, let's do it." And then over New Year's, we just did it, and it was dope. And Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I liked how it turned out. Yeah, yeah, no, they've all, they've all been good. So the, the, back to the original question, that kind of style. What's pushing you as mm -hmm. you're learning and as you're progressing and you're in in writing your music? What's mm -hmm. pushing you along that style? Um, just my, honestly, my admiration for artists like, like The Weeknd, like, okay. I, I, not his recent, recent albums, more, more or less, his, his like, trilogy, right. if you know, like, that 54 song, mm -hmm. I don't know how many songs, maybe, like, 30, but, like, there's three parts of the trilogy, and, obviously, and, um, that's what really influenced me at the beginning, and now, now that, like, um, also, like, Ross, he in in okay. influences me, um, there's, like, it's all these new artists, but it's not like the mumble rap and like the Lil Pump and all of them. That's like, that's not my style, but like mine's like Bryson Tiller. Like mm -hmm. I like that because um, I can sing more than I can rap. And I don't like, that's what I'm and for. And you can sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, get a, sure. I get a Khalid vibe, even though it's not along the same lines. He kind of, mm -hmm. he fits into the rap genre and mm -hmm. the hip hop genre, but he is more laid back. He is more singing. He is more vocal. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like you can fit into that, cool. especially with your collabs. If you yeah. had people rapping with you, you're going to fit. And rolling off of that, what, what, what inspired you to get into production? Um, I just wanted to put out tracks. And I was okay. like, nobody's going to let no, – like, I'm not going to pay for this mm -hmm. for someone else to do it and then me not be happy with it. Because I've, right. had, I've had tracks done for me in mm -hmm. college. And I oh, just okay. – like, I, that's what I was – that's what transitioned me into doing it all myself. I had my boy – um, he actually produced the first two tracks. His name's Vlad Duchamp. Mm -hmm. We call him JoJo. But, like, <laughs> he's the one who made the beats, and he produced everything for me. And I was like, all right, I, I fuck with it. Yeah. But, like, um, I, I'm just a perfectionist myself, and I want everything to be how I want it to be, unfortunately, like, on my own vocals. And, like, that's I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get into it and see what I can do with it. Right. And that's when I just started learning. I just started, like... Well, what I like about uh, your tracks is that the your vocals are don't necessarily match the emotion of the beat mm -hmm. which is interesting because the beat is much heavier mm -hmm. much heavier and your emotions are w a little bit 
contrasting it in one way, mm-hmm. but th- it's a good marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a very good marriage in that it it's it's that new it's and to me it's the new trend. It's the little peeps of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the more darker, more emotional side of of of, of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I I, I I follow along that sort of hip hop a lot because it's more organic, it's more authentic. Yeah. So like, where does the lyrical content come from? If where 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 are you drawing a lot of the lyrical content you're bringing in? Um, your, your a music? lot of the lyric, yeah, a lot of the lyrical content is just from honestly, what I've gone through in college and my daily life. Okay. Because like that's where I get most of most of my motivation from. Like everything that I've gone through from like deciding like where to go where to go after school to like what I'm, what I'm doing now. It's just like. I have to explain myself somehow, and that's how I'm doing it through the music. Right, right. Like, this last track, Lost, was, like, more about, like, me deciding, like, am I my loss? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, am mm-hmm. I going to, like, let's let's get somewhere? And, like, right. that's sort of one of the reasons why I wrote that track. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's where uh, writing my music and the melodies, I, I've always been, like, really good at writing melodies. Okay. Um, and hooks. Like, yeah. I've just always thought of, thought of, like, something that will go with the, with the beat at all times, usually mm-hmm. when I was ever since I was little, but like now that the songwriting, I'm focusing more on the songwriting. That's like the tough part for me. Right. But like I, I still enjoy it. Like I'm like improving every day, and that's a uh, that's what I, I'm like aiming to get really good at. No, well, like I said to you earlier, like I'm personally, I I enjoy the the riffs on your on your songs. They're more abstract. Mm-hmm. Don't fit with the beat. Say fuck the beat. This is how I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. I I enjoy that more. You know, with the like a black. You know. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. black because it's not. It doesn't. Fit I didn't even think about that. It doesn't. That's fit a good. That's a good on. comparison too. I didn't and, think about that. Yeah. You know, the little peep yeah. black. That, that, if you put both those together, that's dope. <laughs> um, I just need dreads now. <laughs> well, little peep didn't have dreads. Oh yeah, little. Oh, I'm thinking little pump. pump. Yeah, little peep. Little peep's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen to, I listen to his uh, R.I.P. <laughs> like, R.I.P. is what we Beamer can say. <laughs> Beamer Boy. Woo. That was big in junior year in my college. Like that was uh, Me and my roommate at the time were just bumping that for a long time. Right. I know you mentioned the you're not into the mumble rap. But I mean, do you see do you see an opportunity there to kind of bring in that style? Because mm-hmm. there, there is a genre where kind of men's blends that that mumble rap with the the more instrumental kind of laid back sound and style like you'd get from mm-hmm. a black or you get from a Khalid or like the artists we're talking about do you ever do you see an opportunity there like you may not personally be into it but do you see an opportunity to collab with someone that's maybe coming up in the scene that's that's part of that yeah definitely style because um honestly I'm open to it and cuz music in my opinion you got to go through it and you got to make it before you judge it you know right right cuz like I, like you never know what's going to pop with somebody until they actually make the track makes it produce it and once that happens I'm open to anything like if I can make that sound dope then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking release it like I don't care right I don't care if it's mumble rap if it's like opera like that if it's that dope to listen to I'm gonna release it okay okay no it makes sense yeah I mean I I feel like Lil Peep's like that emo type of vibe too I don't know if I'm I'm more of like that but like (laughs) you know what I'm saying Mm. I mean I think it could probably fit like I, feel I, like I feel you on like the. I meant more along the lines of, the 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 rhythm, it does have a harmony mm-hmm. and it does have, have uh, a little more uh, of what, uh, people are mm-hmm. listening to outside of the genre. I you feel know? you because 
like a sing-along vibe almost like kind of get stuck in your head well that whole that whole click out there little people tracy you know little all crazy, of them yeah. have their own style yeah you mm-hmm. know and i would see like what you're doing kind of be th- along the same uh direction mm-hmm. not not necessarily the same obviously they're pulling from different uh experiences your experiences are more from the mm-hmm. northeast like we talked about before but you know everybody's online these days and i would say that yeah. they're coming up from they came up from the exact same place you'll be coming up from mm-hmm. you know pulling from the same same influences mm-hmm. same different concepts yeah. do you have you played any live shows are, have, are you doing anything live in college i did but okay. i'm planning on doing what i wanted to do was get more content out before i really did a live too many live shows so what's changed since you were in michigan to now being in austin you said you moved back here in july right yeah so in the eight eight months you've been out here how what as far as your career's changed mm-hmm. and maybe musically, style-wise, if anything? I've just been... So in college, I was really influenced, obviously, by my acapella group that I did my freshman year of college. And that's honestly one of the reasons why, going back to you, like, saying it's not, like, the typical hook, the typical melody. Mm-hmm. Like, as a singer, I would do riffs and runs of, like, different different notes that aren't normal. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I would go to that. And yeah. it would it'd sort of, like, not sound conventional. Okay. But... Um, yeah, I talked to him about this before about the, well, number one, the, I, I didn't really talk to you about riffs, but I talked to you about his run and, and that you do have, you can keep a, a, a note longer than the traditional, a lot of the singers that I hear are trash because they just don't have any breath control. Mm-hmm. You obviously have the breath control from the a- acapella experience and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's invaluable for me mm-hmm. because that's what, that's what got me into just pursuing music and producing and eventually just learning how to do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. And you asked me, what'd you ask me again? Uh, so what's changed? I mean, you said that you played live when you were in Michigan. So stylistic, mm-hmm. like from coming out to Austin to how everything was going for you while you were in Michigan, what's the difference? Like you kind of, you said you came out to Austin because it's the live music capital of the world. You mm-hmm. obviously saw it as an opportunity to kind of kick off something and, and get something going for yourself. So what's yeah. the difference between being out here and being in Michigan as far as your career goes? Being more independent. Okay. In a way. Yes. You mentioned that too. You mentioned that you got no team. Well, he's, yeah. saying, he's saying it, but I don't think he's really saying it. He was doing acapella before, and now he's got a solo career. Right, right. Yeah. No, I got so that. I got that. I got that. That's different. Being independent. Yeah. So he's pulled away from that. So you haven't done that many performances solo. So, so this is this Chris thing only since you've been in Austin? This yeah. whole. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Like, All right. The Chris thing, I've always had people call me Chris whenever like I would do anything like artist wise. But the real Krish, like, ever since I came to Austin, that's when I've fashioned it. Like, I've made it into what it is now from Austin. And I've know? noticed the, the records that follows on some of the on some of your tags. Are, are you doing, like, a label? Or why Krish mm-hmm. Records? Why not just Krish? What's, so what's behind that? Krish Records? I don't know. Because I do everything by myself. Right. Right. So, like, if, I, if someone else wants to come and me, have me record them, have me um, mix and master their tracks and produce their Produce for them. Yeah, I needed it like a label. So, I, and you're not trying to get draped and sweatshopped. No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm Chris Records was the most logical thing to go with because right, it, right. it's just it just clicked and it felt right. And I was like, all right, like I'm gonna go with Chris Records. So that's interesting. What if someone approached you just to to produce a track, not necessarily feature like your vocal abilities or your singing, or even it. or even you as as and and as an individual being on the track? What if they were just like, hey, I need this mixed down and mastered? You'd, um, you 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 do that for him, or you would you would do a production role just because you feel like you need to learn more and you need to be engaged as much as you can. 
Like, uh, would you go? Would you take your time, I guess, away of mm-hmm. recording your own to to mess with someone else's product? Um, so I would produce and make the master beat for them. Yeah. Um, their vocals, I don't know if I would, because I feel like vocal mixing and mastering is different because you need to follow what that artist wants, and I need to be around that artist for a long time to know what he likes. Okay. Because that's the only way you'll make something good, and like otherwise, it's just. It's just what you think it's good, and then if I what if I do what I think is good, he's not gonna like it one hundred percent. Yeah, that's why mixing mixing engineers and mastering engineers are always that you guys should know. It's like they're always paired with the artists, like right, right? Drake and Forty, yeah. like the they're, they're almost always together because they know how each other wants to sound. Well, I, I would I sort of agree with you. No, because people seen the industry, mm-hmm. um, there are certain artists like Britney Spears, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, who are mastered mixed by probably everybody. In yeah. The there's so you know like <laughs> that song hasn't isn't just one draft like and boom it's yeah, off, yeah you know no it's multiple it's tracks. like especially for the tracks that I would be I guess like yeah. that's what I'm talking about like I'm not pop no I'm more of like the hip hop rap R and B type of thing yeah and um and like I feel like pop vocals would be more like I think more people could do it successfully rather right. than rap and hip hop because like think about like like Kendrick's stuff, like Kendrick's stuff is so like he, he doesn't do too much, but it's so simple that it's so cool. Right, right. Like that's the that's the thing, and his the different things that he does with his voice, like that's what makes it good. So you brought up Wayne earlier. Uh, <laughs> it's mean, been itching Trent, itching Trent. Uh, this new D six reloaded. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the two tracks that came out yet? I have, but I haven't like maybe once, like in the passing. Maybe once. Really. Uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, with having, I heard he spit. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting having two tracks from Wayne, two tracks from Drake. Mm-hmm. What do you think that? What's what do you think? Those that? How does that influence hip hop? Currently, it shows that Drake is just killing it. Drake? Yeah, I mean for Drake's side, Drake can put out. You saw the numbers already. Like Drake's Drake's yeah, like already so the most streamed artist with the first day with God's whatever. What's called God's hand? Uh, yeah. Sorry, hours. Scary hours. Scary hours. Name of the album, no, but God's hand God's was playing, the song. Playing. Oh, yeah, it is a song as right. a single or song passing Taylor Swift on most streams on Spotify. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Dang. that's like the, he just dropped it, and all of a sudden, like that's Drake. Yeah, and um, Wayne, like Wayne, just has bars on bars on bars. Right. Like he well, he really just talks about he talks about a lot of the like. He does he does vary a bit, but like he even said in a couple of interviews that he just talks about like girls a lot and i agree i like i like lil wayne like that yeah he was on his peak i think more specifically it's that you haven't heard from somebody and he's addressing a lot of the ghostwriting it's it seems like there's an issue in that camp the ghostwriting stuff yeah considering Mm -hmm. because a lot of the influence that drake has comes from wayne yeah i mean the the ghostwriting was 100 percent proven yeah yeah, that's that's crazy because um, I feel like Drake at that time. I, I'm not gonna make any excuses for him. He's he still should have done everything by himself. But He's like, a corporation. Yeah, he built a corporation. That's true. And he he just made it easy for anybody who wants to rap to rap. You get a team that can write and put them together, <laughs> and they write your tracks for you. And then you know, as mu- I'm I'm pretty sure Forty does the exact same thing. Probably has a bunch of producers that work for him. And he's like, click, gives it to Drake. 
Uh, yeah, I you mean, know, it's probably. I don't know specifically. Dude, they, there's less talk about forty than there is Drake. Mm-hmm. But I feel like forty does a lot of work, in my opinion. Yeah, um, no doubt about that. I mean, Drake is obviously, uh, you know, the star. I mean, the face of the face of the oh, corporation. Yeah. I mean, but I think through and through, you kind of see how how much the ghostwriter thing really mattered. I mean, you guys just talked yeah. about how he just surpassed Ty- Taylor Swift with the most streamed song ever, and it just came out. I mean, there's been I, – I, I think of lip-syncing when this thing kind of comes up. Like, the ghostwriting thing, especially at least when in the like the metal, the band scene, happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think with hip-hop, it is a little bit more personal just because it's the artist that's coming out with it. And when yeah. you find out that the artist has a ghostwriter, it impacts it. But, I mean, clearly it hasn't tainted Drake's career. There's a little blimp on his on – his, you know, if you look at it as a whole, there's a blimp. But I mean, it doesn't. Clearly not. Why not does it here. resonate even now, though? I mean, he's he's it's past. Like, he's an alien. I mean, he's alien to the. He's an alien. He's a goddamn alien. Right. Dude, because he just so, comes out with tracks that are hot, regardless. It doesn't and, really profit America. It, it doesn't profit American. I mean, do you guys take? Do you guys think he's any less of a of a artist? Are are you less impacted by his music now, knowing that he has someone that writes for him? Honestly, no. I, pers- I personally who know. is who are you okay because right. hip hop should be organic. I brought this up That's earlier. True. Organic and authentic, and if he has someone else writing for him, he's not thinking those thoughts. He's he's allowing the system. But did he had ever t- did he at any any time ever come out and go? This is what I feel. I'm writing this, and then it came out that he had a ghostwriter. So him saying, "Hey, these are my thoughts. These are my well, words. This is I what mean, I he, I know." He it's came implied. back and addressed that issue. I know but his implied, bars didn't but... match up with what his sweatshop mm-hmm. was doing. Mm. So it's that's the question. Charged up was great, right? But it didn't address the fact that he was already writing. He and <laughs> it wasn't Meek the one that started that whole Ghost Rider thing, and that's kind of where the beef yeah. started. And everybody claimed Drake won that beef. Everybody kind of hands down said, "Hey, he won that." That's but people, but okay, true. knowing that he had a ghostwriter, people are still saying he won though. Yeah. People aren't going there. Oh, hey, Drake, Drake didn't win that back battle. His ghostwriters won it. No, people are still saying Drake won the battle. Or right. you, the like the ghostwriter, no, it's it's crazy. a moot point at that point. That right. or the journalists were getting sweatshopped. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who's coming out saying Drake's like, trash at that time? Like I remember Nobody. when back to back. I like I remember when back to back came out. He appeals to too many people. You think that's what it is? Yeah. Is that a bad thing though? It's not no, a bad it's thing. It's not too many, but like a lot more than the average. Right, and then like he's he's gonna have that that already that core following that kind of exceeds other mm-hmm. core followings. So he's already gonna have like that extra support, regardless of what people say or what comes out about him. Mm-hmm. But like when Back to Back came out, he was being accused of ghostwriting. Back to Back came out, it kind of shut Meek up for a second. For a second. Then the news yeah. ended up coming out that Drake had ghostwriters anyways, and he still won. You mm-hmm. still gave him it. You know, it's at this point. You know, and now he's got the most streamed song on Spotify. So that little blimp didn't really have an adverse effect on his career, didn't long last. It hit him, but there was no long lasting effect to where he's now deteriorated in any way and he's still blowing up. But he's still he, putting out the, the hottest shit. The only shit. argument against that is he's not making it easier for other people to continue down that path. Our guests are leaving. Thank you guys for coming Thank into you. the studio Thank and you hanging Becca. out. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan and Becca are taking off. Thank you guys. We appreciate Thank it. <laughs> Whereas, like, a, an artist like Jay Z built a blueprint. Right. No pun intended. For other <laughs> artists to follow along in it under that under that mantra. Okay. Drake's not doing that. Right. Right. Uh, do you ever see? Do you see Drake in twenty years having a career Jay Z's had for twenty plus years? Probably not. Right. Uh, I don't. That's, Dude, that's, that's just a different level. It's a different level. I that think. is a different level, but Drake is getting there. He's 
he's putting out consistently successful tracks, regardless of whether when, okay, if the it came out or content like like if it came out, Jay Z had some top issue? secret lyricist writing this shit, or some of even okay, some yeah, of this shit. Right. Right. Would it tarnish him his legacy? Yeah, yeah, it would, that would definitely tarnish his legacy. Would it though? Oh shit, what happened? What do you mean? Sound? My headphones went off. My headphones died out. Probably, oh, okay, probably got unplugged. Oh, okay. Um, it would really. Are you unplugged? No, I'm good now. Yeah, we're good now. Oh. Like he just he just did that interview, admitted to cheating on Beyonce a bunch of times. People still love Jay Z. Well, horrible I, person. I think People still love him. Down a whole different path that, <laughs> that I'm talking about. I'm saying he comes he's he, he comes from a camp that told him don't do this shit. Jay Z or Drake? Drake. Drake. Mm-hmm. He goes around. Don't do what shit? What do you mean specific? What are you talking about? Be authentic. I would say Wayne's authentic. I'd mm, say Gutta yeah. Gutta's mm-hmm. authentic. Yeah. Young mm-hmm. Money. I'd say most everybody most under Young Money is authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Then to have an artist that's going to go out and a, he wasn't from hip-hop. He's not hip-hop. Mm-hmm. He's he's from the acting world. Right. To come into hip-hop, uh, imitate. Imitate. This is an imitation game, right? You know, that's imitate. a unique perspective. What? That's I didn't even think about that. To come in from acting and like be fake at it. I get where you're coming from. I get it. To come to be from acting, to come into hip hop, take over. You took over. You came in, you made your statements, you Who's took he over. Like? No, but he, he was in the grassy. Like anything. He could act like the culture. Okay. You know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, he was an actor, you, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So but I get where you're coming from. Like that is a thing. Like, you're coming in not... and you're making an impact, but you're not authentic about it. Right. Okay, and people are still giving you the respect as if it was authentic, <laughs> as if you did come in and create a big old mess. I get it now. Okay, that that's crazy. Said, that's not organic. What isn't? The the attention that he's receiving is being given to him through the system. I I, I think it's safe to say that Drake's probably that the one of the artists that rode that cusp of like new marketing or new you know well, yeah, with he came the way up off of youtube he did and, and with streaming Justin. services and like that whole yeah and that's why he's blown up because he rode that wave and just appealed to that crowd probably more effectively than a, like a jt do you like jt you jt mm-hmm. lake fan justin Timberlake? i mean oh, sure. yeah. JT. Oh, i love bieber. jt oh oh you're talking about beaver i mean same thing though yeah same thing he came up that whole era they run it i mean nobody's beating him you know what he could probably I'm come out fly and s- remakes or something and then that's that i ever had and then it just started popping off yeah, but there was at one point in time that I feel like he was way more connected at one point in time. Oh, yeah. So far gone, like all of that part. Well, more – yeah, I guess so. But I was more thinking of like Underground Kings where he was really connected to the Houston hip-hop scene because he was following. He was inside – he was carrying the bag at that time. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, what I don't know what the hell they did, but they put him in, I guess, the top five or whatever. <laughs> and then like he just – duplicated if someone came out with something say come out came out with a new trend he just duplicate it drake and just add it keep on adding it talking about drake yeah and then imitate where so what about take care what do you imitate with take care the weekend the weekend was a huge influence on that yeah i I don't know if you would but that's on the i don't know what about it would be on the hip-hop side on the strictly lyrical Mm -hmm. bar side but Melodies, runs, those type of things. Yeah, I would definitely say that came from the weekend. He was a, he was a writer, I believe. On yeah, OVO XO, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys feel about about uh, Little Wayne? Like, where, where, what does he fit into this? Him release in comparison well, to Drake's, you he, think it's, you the, think it's better? The issue is, it's much larger on. Uh, it's a much larger issue with. Lo- where are with they at D- too? With, with C5 being locked up, and not knowing what 
what you know Scoob or or uh, Baby or or Slim are all thinking about that that album. It's hard to tell what's going wh- what what's going on. That's that I'm kind of mm-hmm. left with all these other questions like where's C five and why why is it that Drake's putting out two tracks at the same time Wayne is, but then from the underground side, the two tracks that Drake put out were supposed to have Trippy Red on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was supposed to be a bigger bigger project, I think. And that that's what's I guess kind of changes the dynamic of it all. But I don't know. Do I do you know why he took Trippy Red off? I remember he didn't he, take I, it I off. I read just, an article about that. It wasn't that he took it off. It was because uh the DJ for Trippy Red or the DJ uh, a DJ uh, played the track, the Drake track, in the club, and somebody got it on Snapchat or something like that. Oh and yeah, snippet I remember came that. Out. Yeah, and then because that snippet was out, uh, Drake was Drake's camp. I don't know if it was Drake specifically was like, <laughs> send Damn. it off. You know what? Can't do anything about it. It's out now. Wow. Dang, that's a dream. Dropping a track number one on Spotify. Well, I know what you mean, but yeah. no, with Drake being like sort of imitating the what's popping at the time. Well, he is in, entirely from the graphic design point. Uh, the the album cover was ripped off, really, uh, from a tour poster of another artist, uh, an unknown ar- underground artist that one of the graphic designers probably just saw. Who? Who are you? What what are you referring I mean, to? I have to reference it. No, I, but what are you referring to? What what album? Are the album cover for, for Scary Hours. Oh really? Mm. Yeah, the whole uh, uh, the neon light thing. Or no, no, is. the white bold lettering with the, the red, red yeah, on it. Yeah. Um, that was Which is like vertical. It's it's yeah. like um, Chicano lettering. I think. Yeah, they like stagger it. It looks kind of like it's like an old type of lettering. Yeah, or old, like not old English, but calligraphy kind of like yeah, a weird definitely. calligraphy sort of, style. Yeah. Cool. And it was ripped off, but <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, with everybody being able that to do that sucks. It a I didn't. Lot. I didn't even know that. That yeah. he like, if he's stealing shit, I don't know. That's weird. Like I, I mean, he's doing his thing, but also if you're taking away from you know, smaller artists, a lot of people. Uh, some people are giving him the benefit of the doubt. Is that he's at the point that, you know, previous years, uh, I mean, ten years ago, where Justin Timberlake was at, or or Britney Spears, where they were like so big that literally they just got in recorded, got on the plane, left. They didn't do anything. Like they could probably not eat. I feel right? like you were you were talking about the stealing thing like he's it, it, it kind of sucks for drake to have a ghostwriter if he is stealing album artwork but you gotta wonder like if he if he does have a camp right and he's got mm-hmm. a bunch of people that he pulls that well he, that's a fact that he pulls ideas from right right so he has a bunch of people that are in his on his team he pulls ideas from they're constantly sharing shit with him anybody that's in drake's camp or that's on drake's side is gonna have a plethora of people hitting them up for whatever it may be Who's to say one of Drake's friends doesn't come across a beat or a track that some kid tosses him, you know, and it's some kid with 100 followers exactly. or some crazy weird shit, has a, yeah. cool, has a cool hook to it. Yeah. He takes it, yo, Drake, check out this beat, dude. And then well, maybe we the know kid, from now on he's not going to be like, uh, well, 
fuck, I'm just going to sign this without thinking. Right, now right, he's right. Like, Whoa, hold up. But I mean, it's gotten to that point because of the things that have come out. And yeah. Maybe he isn't doing things authentically. But at that point, who, you know, does Drake have to sit here and fact check everything that's brought to him now? Or is he allowed he to sit to. there and trust who's in his crew? And he, hey, I, I really like this beat, man. He's you too know, big. You know, let's work on it together. Maybe let's add, let me add some stuff to it so I know it's my track. But who's to say that the, whoever's presenting them a track or a beat or any type of content that they want Drake to use, who's to say they aren't getting that from another source? And then, you know, and then Drake's blames. Yeah, but he's just taking what's yeah. being presented to him. He's just taking what's being put. And I'm not, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not, not trying yet. to back Drake up by any means. But that is a dynamic you can look at it from. I mean, you can't, maybe that's why. Maybe people are understanding and they say, you know what? I, I like Drake regardless if there's potentially someone feeding him all this stuff. Yeah. I just like the image, the act, the overall presence of whatever it is. Yeah, Maybe. but goddamn, I ain't making as much money as him. And, you know and then what again, I'm saying? and then again, like, at, at what point? Like, at what point damn, do you get out of that Britney Spears cookie cutter copy of just somebody puts out a, a trend or a genre, mm. and then there's just one person oh, that does it that okay, much though. better. So this there's is just one person that does go. it that much better, and Drake's the guy right now. He does mm. whatever little trend is out there right. that much better than everybody else, and maybe that's why people like him. So because that's he's why just got that name, that presence, that this, that, that. And people are ignoring the fact that, hey, maybe it isn't authentic, right. but it sounds good now. The people that do like authenticity are the ones that are maybe a little bit more perturbed by it. So he's the top upset. meme rapper there is. Top <laughs> meme <Coming> rapper. <laughs> he is the top meme rapper. That being said, Don, you, I don't believe that. And I think that you got something really going on. I think that with the building your own brand, building your own your own concept. Twisting it back. He, you, do, you, you pointed it out and you kind of – you didn't gloat about it, but you made it a point to say, hey, I don't have a team. I do this all my own, all mm -hmm. my own self. You're a perfectionist. You said you don't like people tampering in your things. Does it give you any type of – this is just a question that's coming to me now. Does it give you any type of, of like lack of hope or interest? or does Do you feel that there's roadblocks in your way now knowing that there's the potential to maybe – hit a little bit bigger, come in a little bit hotter when you have a crew behind you or you have a team behind you where you're constantly getting things mm -hmm. from different sources? Or do you feel more confident coming into it all alone, all by yourself, because you know you have a hand in everything and it's going to be impactful by your own doing? Mm -hmm. I, I'm confident in myself. I, and, I, and, that, and it shows, and it definitely shows in your music. Mm -hmm. But again, there's that, hey, maybe I can there get is. a leg up by bringing a team on. Maybe I can get a leg up by having you know a couple people in my corner couple more writers maybe that there's always that maybe tease you know it's, it's kind of like with athletes Definitely. and performance enhancing drugs <laughs> kind of you know like I, it has crossed my mind like hey right. what if i just joined like if i show my shit to a label see what happens with it maybe show my shit to a couple like local artists see if we can collab right. make, and do everything together but at the same time if i went down that road i'm not gonna lie i might not enjoy it as much mm. because the reason why I started it was because I enjoyed doing this and I wanted to show people like, hey, I can make this music and I, I like I enjoy doing this and I feel like you guys like the dream of mine is to get on stage and have everyone just like sing my lyrics and not me not have to do anything. Right. That's my like when I make music and I like think of the end goal, that's what it is. Like I want people to right. vibe with the music and feel it like really feel it in them and then just just like sing it back to me. Like, <laughs> like so this is kind of what. I mean, we've been doing this for a while now, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that's real ideal. It doesn't work. You have to have a full production crew on on the end to set up your stage, set up your lighting. I mean, up. yeah, there's like, so much to it that you do have to start working with other people. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I was the same way. 
I was like, man, I could just do this all solo. Mm-hmm. You know, I could. I to, don't need it. I don't need anybody to help me. Not to, not to, not to derail him. He's not in any way discouraging your approach. There's a difference. He's though. just like, there is, and I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to he's trying to pinpoint that difference because mm-hmm. we do work with a lot of artists that that do everything themselves, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. When they set up shows, they have their team and their people exactly. helping them set up and yep. their crews there. Yeah, they're an individual artist or a solo artist, mm-hmm. but they do have that team that they can rely on when necessary. And it's you can do it alone. I think what Trent's just trying to point out is is there's always the benefit of knowing you can rely on people because mm-hmm. there is going to be a point, and this is something that we, with this entire company and this entire project, are working with and figuring out that when you can start delegating work. And then focusing really on what's important. And as far as music goes, the importance is being creative, being able to be creative mm-hmm. and being able to continuously expand on that creativity. And that means that you're able to just be creative in what you write musically, be creative with your lyrics, be yourself, be honest, be authentic. And I think yeah. that's the message to it all. You can do that and still have a team and still delegate the work and still have total creative control over everything. But you're allowed to have more time on your product rather than all the other little necessities that are out Definitely. there. Definitely. I mean, um, when I say the team, well, the solo aspect, I'm talking about the music. Right, right. So, like, rather, rather, like you don't want to be in a boy band. No. Yeah. Went I from would, acapella group to never. solo. Right. I wouldn't either. Why? <laughs> I always wanted the solo when I was an acapella group. I'm not going right. to front. Like, yeah. that's a, like... And you're splitting money three or four ways. <laughs> it's not fun, you know? Like, um... I do all the music stuff by myself, mm-hmm. but once the production, once like the like say like going on stage like with all that, I definitely need a crew. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. I need I can't handle all that by myself. Like even yeah. now, like trying to grow my brand, I'm having other people help me like have like run my like Instagram sometimes, maybe my Twitter account. Like we weren't, we, I mean, we went into your numbers and whatnot, and you know you definitely have a per- bigger personal brand mm-hmm. than your business brand right now, um, and we. There's definitely places where you're that we we do uh, have seen that you're kind of like slacking back on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. I mean, maybe because we don't know much about your timeline. Um, you, I don't know when you started like YouTube or when you started with your SoundCloud or anything like that. Your SoundCloud is definitely one of your biggest outlets as far as uh, as far as music goes. Yeah. Um, but you know. Uh, it well you don't well you wouldn't know uh it's it, there's a whole there's all different aspects to the to the thing you're working on your brand and I think that that's that's a that's pop very uh, doing very well um, marketing and advertising will probably be your next step mm-hmm. being able to get into the next uh, so that everything that you're doing is kind of uh, linear and they one outlet or one fan base isn't isn't losing out on your work. Mm-hmm. I think that's the next step for you, because I, I think that I think so too. there are certain uh, platforms, like I said, SoundCloud's big. Uh, you or maybe even taking some of your business stuff and putting it on your Twitter, or not on your Twitter, put, putting it with your personal, because mm-hmm. your Twitter personal is very large. Your Twitter personal, yeah. You do a lot of tweeting on your on that. So yeah, I mean. Honestly, I haven't used Twitter that Twitter in a long time. I'm not gonna lie to you. Really? Yeah. Uh, at least what I think so. But like, um, I to be honest with you, I've really been growing this brand since January, okay. like the beginning of January. Like, I really haven't like done anything before that. Like, I created my Instagram and everything. I created my Twitter separate, 
Um, all because of, I was like, yo, I got to do this Chris Thursday thing. Yeah. And that's when I, like January 1st, when I started following people on Instagram, my Chris Records account. Okay. And then January 1st. Well, that's where you got, you reached out to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, that's when I very was Very really new. Very, very new then. Yeah. Like, you're not even a month into it. Yeah. If you start January 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, January 1st was like, yo, this is the first week I'm going to release this song, and let's just get this started. What I think is interesting, and I think that, I don't know for the for anybody that's watching that may pick up on this dynamic, but this was kind of a, a unique position for us, because everybody that we've had on the show prior to this, we've worked with in some capacity, whether it be a show, production, some sort of of, of collaboration before they've come on the show, right? With mm-hmm. you... We just kind of met you through, obviously, our networking, and, and, and your music came across as being very unique. It, it, it obviously stood out for whatever reason to us, and the I think the immediate product that you're putting out, especially since you said you've just started over this last like seven, eight months that you've been out in Austin, mm-hmm. you, you have something that definitely grabs attention. It definitely screams, hey, listen to me, play me, whatever it is. Your approach is what I like. When you reference uh, Chris Thursdays, people may not know this, but the goal for that is every Thursday for you to put out a brand new track, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you have four out now, one every week of January. Yeah. Just, you know, kicking it off, getting right out there. What's the next step in that process? That's obviously a goal. You're going to keep going here for some time. You're going to be putting out new tracks every single week, every month for how long? And then what's the next step? Do you, do you have plans of, of putting on like a production and actually doing a live show, maybe doing a, some type of showcase to introduce Austin to Definitely. Chris, introduce what you're doing and, and that style and sound? Because you clearly have a good approach as far as getting people to listen to it mm-hmm. and getting people to pay attention to it because you reach out and you network. Now what do people get, actually get to see like the entire package? Yeah. Like that's the whole that's the next step, the marketing aspect. And okay. like um I am planning on doing live shows and like I'm gonna release some music videos soon on YouTube. And I feel like that exposure, the the one on one exposure, like the seeing me actually perform is huge mm-hmm. for a following because if they just see my tracks, they're like, All right, he's cool. Unless I have like like a hundred tracks that are all like bangers, like I, I gotta like start it off and start marketing myself. And that's what like live shows in Austin, like there's this one guy who reached out to me to do South by, and I was like, "Yo, I'm way too early. Like, 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 chill out. Like, I need to. Like, I don't want to pay." That speaks either. though. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes. Again, you said you're new to it, and somebody's already reached out to you to try to get some sort of exposure because they see a product that they like or they enjoy. Mm-hmm. That should let you know, hey, you you are dealing with something legit. Or they're trying to dog you out. I mean, mm-hmm. the, or same, that could be. the same person. I I I feel like uh, someone someone that I know. I don't know Ryan Salata. He's one of the other artists that I know. He um and from Austin and he mm-hmm. went to UT like he's he also performed South by last year and he uh, was just telling me about it and it was cool like I was like it's cool but it's too early yeah like I want to get my brand and my tracks out and my style of music and then once people check out one track that they like they can be like all right let me go check his track list out they just click on my SoundCloud they know everything click on it's a goal to look me up on Spotify go look me up on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what I'm building right now. Like I'm building up a separate page and doing all that. Like I already have everything set. Yeah. It's just me just having to put out the content, mm-hmm. and and obviously the social media following, like all that stuff. It's it's very granular at this point. Be consistent. But yeah. Like that's that, big. Like once I get to a certain level, it's just having people exposed to my music. And that takes that team. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I does, would love to tell you that it doesn't take that team, but building a brand takes a team. Yeah. I mean, but it'll, it'll come too, though. You'll I, realize it. It's You'll not realize just for, it. Like I say, when I say <coughs> it takes a team, yeah, it definitely takes a team for the brand. Mm-hmm. The music, it's I individual. Feel, yeah, mm-hmm. and it'll come. 
because right now your focus is the music mm-hmm. and it's important yeah and like you said you're you're worried about putting out the things that people are going to listen to and enjoy you're going to enjoy doing it yeah. you're going to enjoy it listening to it it's organic authentic you're exactly. not rushing anything you're not focusing on something else because this is all i do otherwise like other than like my day job this is what i do and like i don't even i like stay up to like three four five a.m before work that's crazy. That's why we do this, man. We we do this project right here, and this is for anybody that's listening to anybody that's watching the live stream. It's to have artists like Chris on to 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 get your work exposure, put it out there. You guys are awesome. Um, what's your Spotify page? What is that? It's for just Chris right now. Chris on uh, our, and that's on Spotify. I'm sorry, I meant SoundCloud, but that's on Spotify yeah. as well. Okay, and you said SoundCloud. You mentioned SoundCloud being his biggest his mm-hmm. biggest mm-hmm. hit right now. Um, what give everybody your social media what can they expect out of you obviously every thursday they got chris thursday's new tracks coming out Mm -hmm. where can they find those yeah where can they keep in touch with everything chris your instagram your twitter but also what do you have to say to people that are watching what can they expect from chris what Mm -hmm. can they expect from your music what you're gonna bring authentically to the people definitely um yeah so you guys can follow me on instagram chris underscore records um i put all my new releases all my new stuff out on there um and also i tweeted out and stuff like that and my facebook page krish krish records 734 734 is where i come from a2 um but uh shout out michigan yeah shout out michigan um (laughs) and uh i mean the music that i'm making is more it comes from my daily experiences and what i've gone through ever since like i've been a teenager and that just comes out every week through what i'm like what I what I feel like whatever beats I'm making I'm like all right like what am I feeling at this point like once I make the beat I'm like hey like what is actually gonna make this song click and then uh, I just go into it and I start writing and then it just happens like I start mixing it and mastering it and songwriting is the longest part for me because I don't want to release anything that I don't believe in so like if I if I release a song I'm gonna be happy with it and that's basically what you can like um, hope on like you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music with Krish, and um, yeah, Krish Thursdays for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm for maybe do every three Thursdays, just because I need to re- relax for one week and maybe just grow my brand for that week. But like, Hey, and that's still a lot. Three Thursdays out of a month, you're putting out a brand new track? Mm-hmm. That means you're constantly writing, and you said it right now. That's what you do. Fuck day that. in and day out. <laughs> every Thursday. <laughs> Thursdays are big. Thursday's a big day. You got Austin Live and Local, Common Chaos, Chris doing a new track hey. every Thursday. You got a bunch of shit. <laughs> um, hey, man, you're putting something that we like out there. You're putting something that the people like. Obviously, the responses are there, uh, and we we enjoy it. Uh, we obviously want to see you get to get to new heights, um, and you're going to reach him, man. We love the product. Uh, he's one man, one man taking on the industry, and I like it, uh, and I definitely feel that, that we're going to be hearing a lot from you, mm-hmm. and appreciate you coming on, man. Anything, Trent? Anything from you? No, no Rebecca. No, there's no. a couple of things we didn't touch on. But what was um, that? What? How much time we, we got? Really what are we t- at? We got three minutes. We didn't talk about the music industry that much, as far as like the business aspect. We didn't talk about mm-hmm. uh, where your university and how, what you studied and stuff like that. We didn't ask. Went to the University of Michigan. Yo, studied. Oh, yeah, what'd you yeah. study? Studied neuroscience. Um, okay. Minor in business at Ross. Basically, it. Like uh, I was, was about to minor in music, mm-hmm. but I just did the business aspect because I got accepted into the program. Sure, yeah. So I was like, all right, I, I can pursue music after I mm-hmm. finish school up. So, I mean, yeah, I music has my, been my number one passion ever since day one. Neuroscience, though. I ain't no slouch there, man. Well, it's <laughs> family, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. <laughs> Fits yeah. the bill. But I mean, I'm listening. Do you do listen to um, what's Hanaj? Uh, the the really famous uh, Indian comedian comedian now, Aziz Ansari. No, 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 no Russell the, Peters. Uh, the, no, the other one. Oh, Hassan Minhaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks a lot about that. How he he oh, yeah. highly educated, but then he just told his family he's gonna be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's goals right there. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it. I think that it kind of wraps it up. All right, awesomelivelocal.com for all your awesome live and local needs. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. ATXLL512 on, on it's weird. Austin Live and Local. You search Austin Live and Local on everything. It's there. Next Thursday, we'll be here. Chris, thank you for coming in, man. We appreciate G-Jet. it, appreciate Love it. it. Yes, in we'll be studio. live in the studio next week with G Jet. Uh, he has a show on February 3rd, uh, which will be the following Saturday. So he's going to be talking about that next week live on the show. This Saturday, the new wave at the Eastern East 6th Street. Joaquin is playing live. He's having a fully installed art show inside the Eastern while he plays his live set. Uh, he's also going to have a couple of special features on there, so make sure you look out for that. And, yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. Thank you, guys. Later.